Welcome back to the Sustainable Stories podcast. Sustainable Stories is here to bring you the stories behind sustainability in our communities. From big to small, practical to theoretical, we're exploring the people and projects that are working to make our world a more sustainable, equitable, and healthy place to live. Okay, so welcome back to Sustainability Stories. My name is Jenna Inglot, and I'm going to be your host for today's podcast episode. And I have with me Megan Van Buskirk from the Saskatchewan Environmental Society. And I'm going to ask her some questions today about her sustainability story in hopes to inspire a few of you to think a little bit more about your own sustainability story. So, Megan. Welcome. Um, I should also say uh, myself, I, I currently reside near Blaine Lake, Saskatchewan on Treaty 6 territory. So that's where I'm joining you from today. Um, and I'll t- turn it over to you, Megan. Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do. Thanks, Jenna. It's so great to be here. And thanks. I feel very humbled. I don't you know, I can hope that I'll inspire some of your listeners. But if, if anything else, the importance to me is that collective community and um, knowing that there's like minded folks out there. So we'll keep fighting the good fight. Um, so just like you, I'm on Tree Six land as well. I'm here in Saskatoon. Um, and I'm just so grateful to work, live and learn on this land. You mentioned that I work for the Saskatchewan Environmental Society, which is a nonprofit uh, charity that spans the province of Saskatchewan. We work on all sorts of different projects over the years, Um, lots of policy work, lots of education programs in schools, as well as education programs for businesses and other organizations. We also do a lot of demonstration projects. Like for example, we, put together Saskatchewan's first solar cooperative. We also um, instigated Canada's first um, 100% solar powered electric vehicles within a public car share. So there's lots of just exciting cogs in the work at all times. Um, And in addition to that, Jenna, I know you know this, but I'm so excited to be starting a master's program this year um, through Royal Roads University, which is on the ancestral lands of the Kosepsum and Songhees peoples in Victoria, BC. But I'm taking an online program, so studying, working at SES, and living the dream. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear more about that program. It sounds, um, you know, really relevant to your work that you're doing at Saskatchewan Environmental Society. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but this idea of kind of sometimes you know you're doing good work and you're doing your work but you just need some fresh energy and some fresh ideas and sometimes those programs and studying with people from all over the country and all over the world is really helpful for that so um my next question for you Megan is um and it's not meant to be a hard question but the term sustainability I think it means different things well it obviously means different things in different contexts um but it really does mean different things to different people and so um, yeah, I'm curious to to hear what sustainability means to you personally. Um, and then, you know, how do you integrate, uh, you know, that sustainability lens into the work that you do? You're so right. Sustainability is a loaded term. And not only do people see see it differently, but 
there's also been an evolution of what sustainability means over, you know, the last 30, however many years in terms of like how we collectively see that term and see, you know, the, the main purpose of sustainability. Um, and so, you know, for me at the surface level, sustainability is all about treading lightly on the earth in honor of future generations, um, but also in memory of our ancestors. You know, for me, it's, it's one of the most important moral goals of our lifetime. And it's something that, that we can achieve if we're willing to work together to take strong action against environmental crises like climate change and um, biodiversity loss and, and a whole gamut of other, of other things that we're also tirelessly working on. But, you know, it's also a frame of mind. It's a worldview. And I think when you can really feel yourself embedded within the idea of creating um, a balanced, equitable, inclusive, um, anti-oppressive world for everybody, that's when we can truly see the ability of, of achieving sustainability. And so I'm just so lucky that I get to do the work I do every day and, you know, focus on building a sustainable world. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for, for sharing that and for that definition. I think um, a big part of it for me too, is this idea that, uh, and, and you've, we've seen it shift, which is really, really great. But, um, you know, 10 years ago, it was really focused on environmental sustainability. Um, Yes. And it kind of, it kind of left it, it, well, it didn't kind of, it really did leave out these conversations around, um, you know, place and race and, um, you know, equity and inclusion and gender and, um, you know, marginalized peoples and, and economics. It, it kind of just left out these, um, yeah, that there, it wasn't intersectional that, and it, it, those conversations weren't happening. Absolutely nearly in the way that they are now. And um, I do not claim to be an expert on that stuff at all, um, but I'm trying my best and and really taking opportunities to kind of learn what that means and what that looks like and integrating it into my work too. So yeah, thank you for that. I think it's, it's a holistic and I, evolving, ever-changing definition. So. Yes. Yeah. And I'm so with you, Jenna. I don't ever claim to be an expert in anything and I'm just so grateful to be able to work alongside the people that I do, your, yourself included, you know, where I can continue to learn, um, learn and, and evolve and, you know, do better every single day. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Um, so question for you, Megan. Uh, so I don't know if you can think about, and, and it doesn't, again, this doesn't have to be revolutionary, but when you think about your yourself and your work in sustainability, or even just, you know, the having that worldview and that ideology, where does your sustainability story begin? Like, does it have a, a defined starting point? And, and can you recall, like, what or who or how you got interested in this space? Totally. You know, I, I actually get asked this a lot. Um, I think it's a symptom of working in our field. And I'm sure you get asked it occasionally as well. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's not the case elsewhere. But I think people are always interested, like, how did you embody like a sustainable mindset? Or, you know, what, why is it that you have this holistic worldview versus like a mechanistic worldview? So, you know, I, I grew up a lot. I, I grew up in Girl Guides. 
and also had the opportunity to engage in all sorts of outdoor education in elementary school. I took an outdoor school program here in Saskatoon in grade 11. Um, and I've just had the chance to spend a lot of time outside exploring the natural environment. You know, some of my favorite memories are canoeing on the Churchill River in northern Saskatchewan, backpacking in the grasslands down in southern Saskatchewan, and having those those um, special encounters, you know, have given me this intrinsic and deep-seated relationship with the more than human world that I just don't think I would have had otherwise. And so while there might not be a defining moment, um, it's truly these experiences and the people that have guided me throughout my life that have um, helped me become the person that I am today. Also, one thing that I always think about is about 10 years ago now, actually, I think actually 10 years pretty much to the day, um, I went to the United Nations Climate Conference in Cancun, which was COP, COP 16, I believe at the time. And at this point, I was in the midst of my undergrad studies at the University of Saskatchewan. I was studying physical geography and biology and all sorts of fun um, sciences, especially focused on environmental science. And I just had this staunch belief that science would make all the difference. We just had to listen to the science and the rest would become clear and we would be able to take strong action and we'd be able to get ourselves out of this mess. When I went to the United Nations conference, it became very clear to me very quickly that the science doesn't matter if there isn't political will behind that. And that really helped me shift my worldview into understanding the value of, um, you know, civil society, grassroots movements, and, um, you know, people power. And we can see that throughout history in, in different social justice movements, civil rights movement, that sort of thing, um, how much clout there is behind the people and the people making uh, things happen. And so, I'm really grateful for that experience because it guided me towards what I do now and kind of the way that I approach sustainability and kind of other environmental uh, questions of our time, I suppose. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I, yeah, I think a lot about sort of those defining moments and anytime I ask people this question, um, you know, some people have a very distinct moment and other people, it's sort of this, this culmination of different experiences in their life. But it's interesting, you speak about girl guides and these things that, um, you know, connected you to the outdoors and connected you to other people. And yeah, that's very, very cool and very interesting. And so you were saying there at the end, um, you know, it, it sort of guided you from this science, the really science-based, um, focus to this people-based focus. And, um, and I know your master's program um, is in sort of education and communication. In, in, in your eyes, you know, what, how does the work that you do, or, or what are you hoping the work that you do kind of, how does that relationship work between the science and the people and communication? And um, yeah, I just, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and kind of what, what inspired you to shift in that direction. I really think that that is the question of our time because we're still trying to figure it out. I think if we had figured out how to connect um, 
the communication, the messaging, the science behind, you know, climate change and, and other environmental crises. I, I don't think we'd quite be where we are, but I, I think we need to break it all apart a little bit and um, figure out sort of like the root cause. And it really does come down to uh, culture, how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive each other, how we perceive the more than human world, the natural environment. Um, and it really comes down to how we relate to each other. And we can learn a lot from um, Indigenous peoples in terms of kind of those worldviews like relationality and responsibility and stewardship. And it's something that westernized cultures have really been disconnected from. And for a very long time, for thousands of years, we've moved away from like our, our more animist roots and, and towards more of a mechanistic uh, framework mechanistic way of seeing the world around us. We say that the earth is a machine rather than a living being, which isn't the case in other cultures and, and traditionally either. So I'm really interested in learning through my master's program and through the people around me, how we can actually have these honest conversations, this open dialogue with people that um, exist within different silos or different um, segments of society that we might not always agree on where we need to be, but we all need to kind of work together to, to achieve sustainability and, and achieve, um, you know, an adequate quality of life for everybody. And so to me, it's really important to figure out how to connect with people so that you can communicate what you want to communicate more effectively, explain complex concepts more efficiently, and figure out what are some of the fears towards making sustainable changes? What are some of the things that are creating barriers for us? And what can we do to collectively make a difference? And so, yeah, so taking this master's of environmental education and communication, I'm really hoping that I can bring some of these learnings home to Saskatchewan and, and create the world that we all want to see. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, it really hits, you know, what you said too, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier as well, but this idea that, um, you know, we all, we all fit into this somehow. And so we have to figure out how, um, you know, how do we bring people's stories into this story? Um, and, and, and not just us bringing that story into this story, but them seeing themselves as a part of it, I think is a really big, um, you know, a really big piece. And, you know, I think about folks in my family who, um, are farmers and they don't see themselves as uh, sustainability experts or environmentalists, but that's very much the way that they live their life. Um, so it's just, it's interesting to, to me. And, um, you know, I think speaks to the fact that there's things that we're, we're doing and, and, and there's, there's ways that we can connect and collaborate. Um, it's just kind of figuring out how we do that. And, um, I think we'll be busy probably our whole lives figuring that out, <laughs> which is, I think we probably will be, but you know, every once in a while you, you meet somebody and 
you help shift a perspective um, and maybe you even get a shift in perspective in the process, which is always welcome. And that's how we know that we're making progress and it might feel slow, but I always think about like a game of dominoes, you know, eventually we'll be, we'll have everything lined up perfectly and it'll just, (laughs) we'll just be able to make those changes and and create that, that world that we want to see. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, yes, very cool. I'm there with you. So I, I want to shift gears a little bit from sort of your your work and your education and sort of what you're trying to do um, at, at, I would say, kind of a larger scale to, to make big changes and, and speak more about, um, I want to know more about your life, I guess, your day-to-day um, life, like how do you incorporate, how is sustainability or environmental consciousness, consciousness a part of your day-to-day goings about? What, you know, how, how does that work for you or what does that look like? What are some things that you, that you do? It's a great question. Sometimes it's hard to see it when you just live it, right? But, you know, I, I Jenna, I really love taking sustainable action and, and really because it feels good, you know, like biking and composting. Um, but I think even beyond some of those important individual actions, I really strive to achieve kind of an embodied consciousness with the more than human world, you know, like the greater calling to being a steward of nature, kind of that belief in slow conversation and open dialogue, like we were just talking about, um, you know, listening to indigenous peoples and forever learning and expanding and evolving I also really believe in just spending time outside because I think this adds a certain richness and salience to my love for the environment. You know, we really are one with each other and with the environment, but we have to do so much internally to kind of decolonize the way that we um, have been, I guess, raised to believe the world is separate from us. And you know, I just think it's empowering to be outside to have that conversation and that encounter with nature. And that's really the way that I try to achieve um, environmental consciousness and sustainability within my life is, is to think about those concrete actions, like I just mentioned earlier, but also to think about how does this really tie in more holistically with the way that I exist in in my daily life. That's very interesting because we were just talking the other day um in a meeting i was in just uh, doing a bit of a brainstorm of you know how do we get people to recycle better you know these very concrete actions and i haven't actually thought about it in that way in a long time and definitely haven't talked about it in that way um in some of the work that we do but you know this idea that maybe before we ask people to recycle and to ride their bikes everywhere and get rid of their car and all of these kinds of things. The, the, I guess, primary or foundational focus needs to be on re, um, you know, reorienting our compass a little bit around our connection to nature and to the world around us. And, and like you say, that doesn't necessarily mean, especially given the current, um, you know, global pandemic situation doesn't necessarily mean getting in a car and having to go, uh, you know, into the wilderness. Maybe it just means going for a walk in your local park and sitting there without your phone and without your headphones and just listening to 
the wind and the trees and the birds chirping and things like that. And and what a difference that makes totally. in, in each of us. So, um, and I think yeah. even beyond that, like our senses are such a special way to connect with the world around us, be it the natural environment or even the built environment that we live in. And so that's something that, you know, I really like to do what you just mentioned, like go out, sit somewhere, maybe it's even within the city or, or wherever people are living. And maybe you're listening for the birds and the wind and the rustling of the leaves around you. But why we should also just listen for those built environment sounds as well. The construction, the cars, you know, kind of like it gives you this perspective of where we live and the world around us. And I think that having that awareness is, is kind of the first step towards taking action. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you mentioned that about, you know, the, this built environment or where, wherever we live, right? There's, there's, this is a part of, uh, this, mm-hmm. it's all a part of it, right? So um, I think, yeah, it really does root back to this being present and, and being um, observant and curious, like that curiosity is, is really important. And um, sometimes that's, that's Beautiful. the best way to, best way to start, right? So um, which leads me to my, my last sort of question for you today, um, which is around, you know, what advice or, or, you know, someone who's very, you know, wanting to change something in their life to, to be more sustainable or to create a bit more of a sustainable lifestyle, uh, but they're feeling overwhelmed, uh, about where to start or how to actually make a difference. What advice would you give them or what tips would you, or where, where should they start? Um, just, yeah, if, if you met someone on the street and that's kind of where they were at, what, what's some advice you would, um, impart their way? It's a great question. You know, I think the first thing that I would want this person to know is that they're not alone. We all feel overwhelmed by this concept of personal responsibility. And it's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to feel anxious. It's okay to even grieve um, maybe the the life you used to have before choosing to do things with a more sustainable lens. Because sometimes it's not always easy, right? And so my advice to this person and to anybody else listening who's wondering where they can start is start small. Create those habits that make you feel empowered in your actions. You don't have to feel like you need to move mountains right away because collectively we all make small choices. It's going to add up. And if listeners don't know where to start, you know, the Saskatchewan Environmental Society does have this incredible list of actions, um, some that are easy and others that are less easy and also a little bit more expensive you know like installing solar we can't all do that but we can probably all turn off our sink when we're brushing our teeth um so that list of actions i can't even remember how many there are but there must be upwards of a hundred or more it's called stuff i can do and if people just go to environmentalsociety.ca they'll be able to find those there you can also reach out to me and i'm happy to chat but you know even beyond that jenna I, I encourage listeners to kind of deconstruct the way that they perceive the world, because I think by contemplating how we interact with each other and with the world is something that can, that can make a big difference in how we just navigate our day-to-day lives. I also think it's really important to 
unpack that feeling of personal responsibility that we've been born into because it isn't really a, an accurate reflection of reality. Of course, I want people to take action, whether it be personal or systemic or both, but I also really, really want to emphasize um, that extractive industries are not only responsible for a majority of emissions, they're also responsible for creating that concept of an eco footprint. And they marketed it so well that we have collectively started to like shift the blame to the individual. And, you know, so we can, we can make a difference. We can bike to work. We can, you know, choose produce that isn't wrapped in plastic. There's lots of things that we can do. But I also think that we need to hold those powers that be, you know, accountable for their destructive tendencies and frankly, for their fallacies. And so I think if folks can kind of toggle between the two, you know, sort of that individual responsibility, but also like recognizing that there's a lot of power structures that need to be um, dismantled in order for us to really create a sustainable world. And like I said, we don't need to move mountains right away, but we can all be a part of it. And, That's, you know, Jenna, just yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking too, like community, building community, finding community, like the community that I have with you, Jenna, and the community that I have at SES and, and all across this province and, and Canada and the world, it's, it's where we can create change. And so reach out to SES, reach out to me, um, reach out to any of the other awesome environmental organizations and groups in Saskatchewan and together we'll be unstoppable. <laughs> we really will be. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's, that's such a beautiful way to, to finish it off. And I think, you know, I'm really glad you brought up that, um, you know, individual actions are so important. However, um, you know, there, there's, there's lots going on and there's lots of things that yes. need change that are so much bigger than you and I. Um, but then that's another reason why community is so important and, and, you know, connecting with yeah. these folks um, and organizations and even just people within our own, um, you know, our own lives and friend groups and having these, having totally. these conversations and bringing people in. And I think it's just so it, it's what's going to really make the most, um, the most change. So so thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, of and course. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And Megan, if people, uh, so you said environmentalsociety.ca um, is this, the website totally. for the Saskatchewan Environmental Society. Um, is contact information on there as well? Like if people wanted to reach out to you and ask you some questions about what you shared today, is there any totally. way folks can reach you? You bet. So yeah, our contact information is all on the website. Um, I can also tell you my email address here, but I won't blame people if they need to just look it up to confirm spelling. My email is Megan, M-E-G-A-N-V-B, V for van, V for bus, at environmentalsociety.ca. Um, but like I said, everything is online. You can also reach me at our office. Our office phone number is on the website as well. And yeah, I'm just, I have a quote unquote open door, an open email inbox. And so <laughs> I, I'd be happy to hear from people. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sustainable Stories podcast. This podcast is hosted by myself, Jenna Inglot, and the lovely Roxanne Wagner from Sage Sustainable Solutions Consulting. For a full list of past episodes, as well as our schedule for upcoming episodes, check us out online at sagesustainable.com. And as always, we welcome your feedback, thoughts, and suggestions. Catch you next time.